Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Before we begin this episode of Top Flight Time Machine, we'd like to alert you to the fact that we're going to do a live show in London on Friday, September the 7th at 7pm at King's Place near King's Cross as part of the London Podcast Festival. Isn't that right, Sam? Yep, it's going to be so good. And what is it that we're going to be covering in this special live podcast episode? Well, we decided to make it a little bit different. So you'll still have the same vibe. Mm. I think vibe's probably the correct term. It is a vibe, yeah. that That we generate on this podcast. But we're going to be reviewing a great work of literature. From history. Which is? Uh, specifically, it is the 1987 shoot annual. Yep. We will be dissecting it and analysing it with forensic attention to detail. We will. Tickets are on sale now if you go to um, kingsplace.co.uk, I think it is. Uh, we'll tweet out a link as well, at TF Time Machine. Get yourselves along. There's also going to be something very, very special at the end of the show, oh. which will never, ever be repeated again. No. Anywhere. It's really going to be great, and we're not even joking. See you there. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, and this is our uh, Monday edition, which looks back at the previous weekend's football along with some other stuff. My name's Andy Dawson. My name's Sam Delaney. It's 20th of August, 2018. I say that <laughs> partly so people know when they go back through our archives, which they will in years to come. Of course they will, yeah. Uh, to reminisce and make a documentary or perhaps a feature film about us. But also, um, I say that so people know that we have not been kidnapped or assassinated by shadowy perhaps government-sponsored forces. It's important for us to always say what the date is. What we could do, we could put a picture each week of us holding up that day's newspaper mm. with, yeah. it, with it highlighted with a highlighter just so people know that this is legit and not... Like, go on. You know, you know the story of the... Produ- there's a producer at TalkSport. He's a bit of a legendary producer. And he claimed to have a cat, but for various reasons, the rest of us suspected that he was lying. He had made up a fictitious cat. Now, I know what you're As thinking. As you do. Why would someone make up having a cat, but you don't know this fellow? Or maybe you do, actually. But anyway, I can't, I can't name it. It's out of order. Tell me later. He'll know, if he's listening, he'll know this story very well. So we didn't believe he had a cat because no one had seen or heard of this cat before he brought it up. He said he'd had it for ages. And then he said that he shared the cat with his sister. But he lived in London and his sister lived in Manchester. And I said, how does that work? And he said... Well, it belonged to my parents, and then we sort of joint inherited it. So every six months, we meet halfway, like, you know, at Stoke or yeah. something like that. Stoke train station, <laughs> there's a handover. And we're like, this is bollocks, mate. You're digging yourself deeper and deeper into a lie here. And then he sent me, because I gave him so much shit over it, he sent me a picture of a cat, of the cat, what he claimed was the cat. But it was a really grainy shit picture because he 
dad like an old Nokia. And I was like, he said, now, there, there's your proof. There's a cat. I said, no, that's a picture of a cat. You could have Google imaged it. You're not even in the picture. So then he sends me. So I, he said, well, what do you want? I said, I want a picture of you holding the cat with that day's newspaper in the picture. Of course, yeah. That picture was never forthcoming. So we are all left to assume that this man, a respected journalist in footballing circles, lied for reasons best known to himself about having a pet cat, which he shared with his sister, who lived in Manchester. <laughs> to ingratiate himself with the other people at TalkSport. Yeah, which, exactly. Which is a very, very cat-friendly office, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is, but there's other ways you can ingratiate yourself with the rest of us. I should add at this Christ. point, before we go any further, I should add that we were recording this remotely from separate locations. Yes. Via it's the, our first intercontinental episode. Via the gift of technology, and I'm actually in Cyprus Right now, it's fucking amazing, which, mate. Which is, I have to say, it's lovely. But the toilet situation, hoping, the toilet. I'm looking at you on Facetime. I was hoping to see you by the pool, Club Tropicana style. But you're in what appears to be a, a sort of a basement room. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just in the living room. But I needed to be as near the internet as I could be, so right, it didn't yeah, fuck okay. this thing up. But I've got to say, the toilet situation is substandard. Oh. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a put the paper in the bin. Situation. No signs oh. above the toilet. It's been a, it's been a lovely holiday so far, but it's also been a little bit of an ordeal toilet-wise. Um, I haven't. Well, where we the are. The birth of modern civilization took place, if not in Cyprus, certainly in Greece. Yeah, right but, nearby. But they haven't updated the enough. bugs since then. And yet they're still putting. I mean, the ancient Cypriots were probably flushing toilets. They've actually gone backwards since then. Well, the- there's you. Having to put it in the in the but in the bin. The toilet's still flush, but I do have to put the paper in the bin. We're quite we're quite in a remote position on the edge of sort of the the village that we're mm. in, and there's there's a dead end road oh. next to us, and there's an area of scrubland. I haven't actually gone out and used the scrubland for toileting purposes yet, but I'm not ruling it out by the end of the week. One of the best things I ever saw was I was on holiday in Portugal many years ago and I'd gone with my brother, my mum, my brother's girlfriend and his mum. So he'd basically paid for his mum and his mother-in-law to come. (laughs) And I was like about 18 and he was 10 years older and and had a few quid. So he said, listen, do me a favour, I'll pay for your flight, you come on this holiday. He goes, because if not, I've realised I've accidentally booked a holiday with my girlfriend, my mum and my mother-in-law. I'd be really bored. I went, fucking no problem, mate. <laughs> Obviously, I was there. <laughs> it was a win-win as far as I was concerned, because I had no intention of playing nice with them. I had no incentive to. So the mother-in-law turns out to be fucking annoying, right? <laughs> and Because she's really pretentious. And she's just being pretentious all day long. And it's really getting on my tits and getting on my brother's tits. And one of the pretentious things she did was in the afternoon, she liked to get out a fucking easel and some watercolours. God, no! to be painting a landscape. Oh, God. And she couldn't fucking paint. It was just all bullshit. And she'd gone to the trouble of bringing this fucking easel out there. And I was looking at the pictures and they were fucking crap, right? It was like, you know, remedial level painting. <laughs> but anyway... I my left foot. I couldn't be bothered going on about it. And... uh one day, she's like, because out the back of the villa, there was just like sort of fields and meadows. And she liked that. And there was, you know, some cows or something or other. And she'd be trying to paint them. Obviously, cows notoriously difficult to paint. Yeah. 
And uh, one day I'm looking at her and I'm just getting on. I'm by the pool reading my book, looking at her, thinking, well, oh, so fucking annoying, all these painting bollocks. And a, and a geezer, a farm man, what do you call them? Farmer. Farmer. Farmer, yeah. Farm walks... man. <laughs> <laughs> right, a farm man walks into the field and she goes, oh, and I, I'll shout, are you going to paint him, are you? She went, yes, I, I think he's a, a shepherd, a, you know, a, a local a local artisan, perhaps, who knows, you a know, man, really. A, a man of in, toil, a man yeah, of the hills. Sort of condescending fucking, <laughs> I'm going to paint the cunt. Anyway, it was, this is the good bit. He's there tinkering around in the field in the distance. She starts trying to paint him. He's in one of those funny Portuguese hats. You know, like the hat, like the bloke from Curiosity Killed the Cat used to wear backwards. Well, the burial thing. Like a, yeah. It's more of a he fisherman's wearing, hat, isn't it? Yeah, all right. Well, he had a hat a bit like that. And uh, and he had a hat. This is not important, but the man was wearing a hat, so it seemed legit. Anyway, she go, I go, oh, what's he doing? He's fucking crouched down, pulled down his trousers and had a shit in the face. And she's... But it's taken a long time because he's quite far in distance. It's taken a long time for her to realise. And I've realised early doors. And I've nudged my brother and nodded. And he's fucking clocked what's going on. But she doesn't realise. She thinks he's doing something with the soil. And she's still pitting him while he's doing it. Isn't that lovely? And I'm going, yeah, that's right. I hope you can capture that properly. And she went, oh, he's removing his trousers. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's having a fucking crap is what he's doing. How's that for authentic? Get that on your fucking easel. It was on the best moments of my life. I'll always remember that farm man. Farm man. That re- that, that, re- that reminds me of um, of the mother of my children when she when she was when, when she, she was, used to do she a was, bit of that did she? she that, well, no, she was when she was pre- when she was pregnant with our, our second child. Um, Obviously, when women are pregnant, hormones kick in and they sometimes get sort of temporary memory loss and all this sort of thing. Their brains oh, yeah. sort of scramble a little bit. And it was coming up to Christmas and she couldn't remember Santa Claus's name. And right. in the end, all she, all she could come up with was Christmas man. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas man is coming. <laughs> yeah, so from, now on, Santa, from, Santa, from then on, Santa Claus has been Christmas man. Nice. Uh, this, this is it. it. Right, we're about nine minutes into this football podcast, so we should Did probably... Did you manage to watch much of the Prem out there in Cyprus? Oh, Sam, I'm, I'm in a villa that's been rigged up with one of those dodgy boxes that's got all the UK channels on, including Sky Sports. Fucking great. It's got a lot, and it's got a stable Wi-Fi connection as well. I'm it sorry. feels It feels somehow better watching Premier League football abroad <clears throat> on holiday than it does at home, doesn't it? It does, and you know what? We've got Crystal Palace Liverpool tonight, and it starts oh. over. It starts here at ten p.m. That's you'll have a nice, perfect. You'll have a nice cold beer, yeah, and some local meze, mate. Oh. I don't know, some taramasalata and something. I'll have a belly full of meze and a couple of couple of cans of Kio on the go. But anyway, Lovely. let's let's look back at the weekend that's just gone. Brighton three, Manchester United two. Yesterday afternoon was was obviously, unless you're a Manchester United fan, hilarious. Uh, if you are a Manchester yeah. United fan, might also have been hilarious. It depends on what you feel about the, you know, the current regime and, and Jose Mourinho and all that. I, um, I would be. I I don't think there is a single. I would be surprised if there was a single United fan still backing Mourinho at this stage. There are some that are giving it lip service and saying that yeah, we're still behind him. But in truth, in their hearts, no, they, they must want Bec- the fucker gone. 
because if 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 they were playing um, exciting football and he was a nice person, hmm. you'd back him. It's like there was a lot of people behind Slaven Bilic right up until the point he left because we were losing left, right, and centre. <clears throat> we were getting spanked towards the end, but he was a nice man, a charismatic person, and club you know, legend. However bad he played, however bad West Ham were playing, you kind of wanted him to succeed. And he also, you know, generally tried to play attacking football. And so you get managers who are producing very bad results who the fans can still just about back. But what is in Mourinho's favour? Nothing at this stage. Nothing at all. If it was kind of a situation like Newcastle had with Kevin Keegan 20 years ago, where he was mm. playing swashbuckling football, but going down 3-2 at Brighton, yeah. there'd be some kind of leeway. But the, the, the sort of... The sort of stuff they're churning out is ridiculous. It's awful to watch. And, you know, he's, he's, he's been banging just, about... Just go on. Side note before you go on. When you talk about that fan saying, well, I wouldn't mind if we were losing as long as we were playing the right sort of football. That, in the case of one club, a club dear to my heart, <laughs> um, is actually bollocks. But yeah. remind, remind me of why West Ham fans are liars later in the show. <laughs> I've got some notes about West Ham. We'll get to that yeah. later on. Um yeah. You know, the, the, the thing is still going on about Mourinho. didn't reinforce his defence. He's got fucking five centre-backs there. Why couldn't yeah. he have sold one or two of them to fund the, this mythical, magical centre-back that he wanted to bring in? He's got, um, you know, two of them that he bought over the last two years. They're the, so he's they're the two who he played yesterday at centre-back. Eric, Eric Bailly had an absolute yeah, shock. and the other one, it was painful Lindisfarne. Yeah, and Lindisfarne. Alan Lindisfarne, yeah. They, they were he's both no his... His previous picks for the new centre back solution. Yeah. They played together yesterday. They've hardly ever played together before, which is part of the problem. And they both had shockers, which you can't even blame on them as individuals. They're under a huge amount of pressure. And what's their morale like when he spent the whole summer, two players that he bought, and he spent the whole summer saying how desperate he is to get in a Harry Maguire uh, to improve upon who he had? If you're there, you're thinking, what am I, chopped liver? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, bought exactly. me, you dickhead. Yeah. And then as a, as, a, as a nice little sort of side salad, there's um, there's all the stuff about the Manchester City documentary on Amazon Prime. Have you seen yeah, his funny. comments about that? Really Money, funny. What was it? Money cannot buy class because because there was yeah. a couple of asides about him during that. Quite Money minor asides, really. Yeah. Money, and he says he hasn't seen it. He's just been told about it. Yeah, of course you have, mate. You've sat and watched the whole thing. <laughs> Money, money cannot buy class. That's from a man who recently fined Anthony Martial £180,000 for leaving a training camp to attend the birth of his child. <laughs> yeah. That, that's class, isn't it? That's class. This, this is a man who stuck his finger in the eye of his yeah. opposing manager when he was the Real Madrid boss. And, uh, that's what, class, All the isn't stuff it? that he said what a about the likes of Arsene Wenger in the past, Conte, Guardiola. Do you remember when he accused Wenger of being a voyeur? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said he's, he's the sort of bloke who watches other families through the <laughs> I mean, telescope every day. That's a bit worse yeah. than what City have said about him in their documentary, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's about that's about the worst I mean, it, thing you can say about it, someone, isn't it? it? It rings true as well, though. What? The, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If I, yeah. if I looked across the street and saw Arsene Wenger with a big fucking pair of binoculars from the house opposite... In your bush... Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't bat an eye, would you? I mean, no, exactly. I wouldn't just leave him to it. I'd go out, I'd go Arsene... Mate, this can't stand. This will not stand. <laughs> I appreciate all you've done for British football, the way you brought in vitamins and broccoli. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and sign these players like Patrick Vieira. You change the whole nature of our game. But times have changed, Arsene. Yeah. Times have changed. Football's moved on. You'll always have a legacy. But get the fuck out of my bush and stop trying to look at my wife's knockers. Also, you could add to him, there's a lot more going on in her house down at number 17. Oh, yeah, there definitely is. Just send him down there. Okay, yeah. now. So, uh, I think that's Manchester United dealt with. Well done, Brighton, as well. We shouldn't ignore Brighton. Yeah, well I mean, Brighton. it's one of those things, isn't it? Everyone will talk about United's failure, but Brighton absolutely had him on toast. That was Glenn the thing. Murray. Glenn I mean, Murray's goal was sublime. Yeah, I mean, Glenn Murray is always a player. Fucking, you know, he destroyed West Ham last season. He's uh, He probably deserves an England cap, I would say, because he's had two magnificent se- seasons on the trot. And, you know... Brighton just did an absolute number. And in the Premier League, there are some teams like mine and like Huddersfield who will... Huddersfield showed against City that it's almost like a write-off to them because Huddersfield are actually better than that. They're better than losing 6-1. They're a Premier League team. But I think that they think, well, we're not accounting for any points against City. This is a write-off. It's almost a gimme for City. That's like yeah. West Ham were against Liverpool the previous week. But every Premier League team <clears throat> is capable, if they choose, to go out and do what Brighton did against <clears throat> United. Have a right good go. You know, not you're not definitely going to win, but you can. any team can go out and have a right good go. But you've got to be fully on it, in their faces, bullying them the way that Brighton did throughout yeah. the game. That's, that's and it doable. just goes to show. You can do it. Whoever you are, you can do it. A lot of it comes down to whether the coach gets you going for it. I think. Yeah. It might not be doable against Manchester City, but it's definitely doable against Man United because yeah. you just all, all the vibes that are coming out of the club is that it's in crisis. Um, yeah. you know, there's the, whether or not he's lost the dressing room, who knows, but it's certainly not clean. I can't, I can't see it last night. Just before we came on air, I was googling on odds checker the runners and riders for the next manager. Zidane's obviously favourite, but that's based on the fact that he's the only one who's outwardly suggested that he would be interested yeah. in the job. Um, but obviously Pochettino, you would imagine, would be the one that, should they be looking for a new manager, they would move heaven and earth to get. Certainly, I would say, he's the obvious choice. Well, he should have been the obvious choice when they got Mourinho two and a half years ago, whenever yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. Well, never mind. Never mind, that's not our problem, Sam. That's it's not our problem, problem, but for the record, I don't see him lasting beyond Christmas. No, I agree. This, this is it! it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is it! 
Um, we might as well move on to West Ham, as you just mentioned them there yeah. a few minutes ago. It was another tragic day at uh, the London Stadium. You went along, I believe? Yeah, I took the lad. He's um, kid. He's used to seeing us lose. He, he went to the... I think he's only seen us win once in the flesh. That was the last game of last season, and he loved it. And that's what really yeah. whetted his appetite. He wants to go to as many as he can this season. He's only six, but he's absolutely <clears throat> hooked for some fucking reason. I mean, I... Yeah. God knows why. But well, my kid's my kid's ten now, and he's been going for four years of, of watching four years of utter shit. Yeah, and they and go anyway. He's, he's still bang up for it. Yeah, he loves it. It's weird. But anyway, but anyway. So, and the other thing about my kid is, and this will get me on to West Ham fans being liars, is that <laughs> he insists on. See, I'm very jaded as a West Ham fan. I kind of go along, almost like a chore. I'll go. Yeah. I've got my season ticket, but it's a chore to me. And uh, but it's sort of enlivened a little bit by the fact that he now comes. So we turn up. He likes to get there nice and early. He likes to have pie and mash before the game in a traditional Cockney style. style. <laughs> yeah. uh, does he wear a? Does he just yeah. like a pearly king? Yes, he does. Yeah. And um, then at, during the game, you know, it gets towards <laughs> half time, and you start doing the old. Uh, Should we uh, go in a bit early, son? And Get get beat the queue. Get a pint. <laughs> get beat the queue, and he's like no, and he will not leave until the final whistle's blown. But even yeah. worse, getting in and out of the London Stadium is like it's one of the worst experiences you can have in world football. And I have been to <laughs> football stadiums all over the world, and I can tell you, getting in and out of the London Stadium is worse. It's worse even than when you have to leave White Hart Lane and walk up Seven Sisters Road for about three days to reach a station. <laughs> It's a fucking nightmare. My son is adamant he will not leave before the final whistle is blown. Jesus. I know. Loyal supporter and all that. I'm well over that. You know, the last time I had those rules that I imposed upon myself, it was fucking John Major was still Prime Minister. (laughs) But a lot of West Ham fans, as Manuel Pellegrini, our our tree-faced manager, has uh, pointed out, they left 10 minutes before the end, right? Yeah. For the reasons I've just outlined, everyone knows it's a fucking nightmare takes you like literally takes you an hour to walk to the station and but the thing is West Ham fans for many years have been going I don't when Allardyce was in charge or Moyes I don't care if we lose your game West Ham are used to it we're used to losing games the point is we got to play the right way if we're playing attacking football I don't care if we lose by the odd goal once in a while as long as we're entertaining well Pellegrini has come in like a fucking lunatic and he's playing us in this four-four-two formation, with both fullbacks bombing on, two two, two little two at the back, two little slow slow coaches in midfield, and just loads of wingers and strikers. We started with fucking Anoltovich, Hernandez, uh, the new lad Anderson, and fucking Robert Snodgrass, all in a kind of front four. Right? It was in, insanity, Keegan-level football. We went one nil up. They, like, took the absolute piss to equalise with a solo goal like Marin. It was what we would call a cocaine goal, really. It was, wasn't not, it? Not that I'm so. suggesting for a moment not at all, no. that Callum Wilson's on the old Gianluca Vialli, but it was like a cocaine goal, like yeah. Maradon's 86. He's got, he's just thought, fuck it, I'm going to go around everyone. And he it, did, it, fair play aided, aided, of course, by the ineptitude of the West Ham defence. Uh, unbelievable, like, comedic <laughs> defending. I don't think I've seen defending that comedic in years, at any level. So, in a way, I found it quite enjoyable, in a perverse way. But the point is, then we go 2-1 down, 
And then we're still, he's bringing on more attackers at this stage, right? <laughs> but Pellegrini's gone mad. And he's bringing on more attackers and we're still trying to go for it. I mean, we didn't have many shots on goal because they, they I mean, they're just not playing well. But the fans leave, right? Yeah. And that doesn't add up, does it? It doesn't tally with all the years under Allardyce when we were playing long ball football going, I don't yeah. care if we lose as long as we're playing attacking football. You what they mean is, we do care around. if we lose, and as soon as we start to lose, we're, <laughs> we're fucking off. off. We're turning our back on you. <laughs> Even if you're just losing and there's still a chance by one game, that's it, we're off. Our advice to any manager is never be in a losing position during a game, <laughs> or we will turn on you. Well, so, you know, that's it. Sunderland did that under Paolo Di Canio. He started off by playing with like two wide men and two strikers mm. and a couple of just hopeless plodders yeah. in the centre of midfield. Yeah. And he lasted six weeks. So, you know, that's, that's I know, I mean, it's astounding, really. Possibly. But I'm already thinking, Jesus, you don't have... It's very unforgiving, this league. Our next game's against Arsenal. Then we've got Man U and Chelsea before the end of the, uh, September. And so it's very unforgiving. I mean, Pellegrini comes with all this kudos, but... If if we if we haven't got any points on the board by the end of September, he's going to be under serious threat, isn't he? He doesn't give a shit, though, does he? Why should he? No, he couldn't care less. That's the thing about trees. They know that they'll outlive all of us, and that's why they're so they fucking feel... smug. <laughs> they feel nothing. You know, some people say, if you're feeling down, go for a little walk in the park, look at the trees. Cont- yeah. Contemplate these trees and how they were there before your trouble started and they'll be there long afterwards right and that'll yeah. make you feel better doesn't make me feel better I look at any tree and I think look at you what are you looking at what are you looking so fucking smug about you bastard <laughs> makes me angrier if anything looking at trees and now you've got a tree face manager at your football now I've got team now a tree face manager I go to football to get away from all the fucking trees and look what happens I get there and we've got a fucking tree wearing the club tie standing on the sideline <laughs> but it's not all bad news at West Ham because this week uh, you know some listeners might not be aware of this West Ham won a 6 million pound legal battle which means that the taxpayer in other words mm. me oh, now no. has to cover the cost of match day hospitality staff new beer taps Sky TV on all the televisions and, <laughs> and a new pitch side carpet because the current green carpet is confusing, apparently. It is confusing. And then they tried, just because they're being dickheads, whoever this lot are who reckon they run it, but they don't, we do, right? They, they reckon, all right, we will change it. We're going to change it to blue, Tottenham blue. How yeah. fucking pathetic and childish is that? Just to make a point. So he said, all right, we're going to take you to court. And we did and won. Because everyone knows that without us, that would be a big white elephant with nothing going on, with a load of pigeons living in it. Yeah. And, Se- and Seb Co fucking crying his cock off every night yeah. because the Olympics counted for nothing. It's, it's good that, that we're all having to pay for all that stuff and, and you're forking out two and a half million a year for the tenancy agreement. That's, that's, uh, that's that is, just... That's good. Listen, it's good because you had no alternative. If not, it would have been money down the drain. You would have had to. You would have all been happier looking at that stadium, right, full of yeah. junkies and pigeons. <laughs> yeah, right, because that's what it would have been. Well, it would have been and more instead, useful. Yeah, what than having West Ham play there? Yeah, this way you still get to have all the athletics that apparently everyone loved back in two thousand and twelve. Oh, it's such so wonderful to see the country so engaged in athletics. Yeah, well, if you're that into it. 
you might as well keep doing it in this stadium. Don't worry, we'll sort that out. Yeah, they didn't they didn't fucking bring back we are the champions though, did they? Yeah. Now you all admit no the truth, which was true all along, that athletics is shit and everyone hates it. But if you hadn't lied about liking athletics back in twenty twelve because Claire Baldin told you it was good and you wanted to agree with her, then we wouldn't be in this situation. We'd still be in Upton Park, I'd be happier. No one would have to watch boring athletics in an empty stadium and the taxpayer would be better off. It's Claire Baldin and Seb Coe's fault. I suppose we are getting the advantage of we're getting some kind of comedic value from watching West Ham in you, that stadium, which wouldn't, wouldn't be happening at Upton Park. You wouldn't have so, seen Callum Wilson scoring yeah. a goal like that at Upton Park. I don't it's think. Been, it's been a national comedic shot in the arm. Let's yeah, just say that it about it. Okay, we'll call that one a draw. This is it! Chelsea versus Arsenal was quite exciting. Yes. Did you watch that one? Yeah, it was really exciting. Everyone thought Arsenal were pretty much relegated after yeah. half an hour, but then they came back to 2-2. It was a tremendous game, though, because Chelsea uh, but, could have been more than 2-0 up. So then how Arsenal got back into it yeah. was baffling. And and Arsenal Arsenal had a few good chances as well. It was mad. Yeah, it was a great game. It was a great game. But there's, do we? how do we analyse it? Do, do, we just oh. analyze, do we go deep? Into the stats. Well, Ar- Arsenal really are... good to watch. Ar- yeah, I mean, it was just good to watch. I mean, I would say Chelsea, work in progress. I've got, as I've said before on the podcast, I think they will have a decent season. Arsenal, work in progress. Don't think they're... they're uh, you know, obviously they've got a dangerous attack. Yeah. But I don't see much progress. You I think their defence is poor. It's going to be great. West Ham Arsenal next Saturday is going to be the clash of two really comedic defences. Yeah. And they're two similar teams. I mean, in that they've got amazing front lines. We do have potentially an amazing attack. And we've got a kind of a non existent midfield and a, a, a non existent midfield and a really poor defence. And that's similar to them. Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt they'll win the game, but it'll be an interesting watch all the same. Let's hope so. What really annoyed me about that match was that Chelsea's new keeper whose fucking name is Keeper, um, has got his surname on his shirt. Have you seen it? His surname is <laughs> Ar- Ariza Balaga. His name's, his name's Keeper. Ar- oh, Ariza, Ariza yeah, Balaga. he's embarrassed. Well, he's embarrassed because he's called Keeper? Yeah. Fucking dick. Because he knows that the likes of us are all laughing about it. We should do an 11 of players named after the position they play in. So we've got keeper in goal, obviously. <laughs> we've got Derek right back, who played for Wolves <laughs> in the 50s. Uh, we all remember him. There's a Brazilian player called Jose False Nine. Isn't there? <laughs> and so um, I won't finish the joke unless you want Ale- to contribute. Ale- Alex, Alex Tricky Winger, who played for yeah. Aberdeen in the early 80s, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's... Um, there's Fritz in the hole, who's a German player in the 70s. He played for Frankfurt. And he was one of the pioneers of just that little position you play in off the attack. Yeah. Fritz in the hole. This is it! Okay. Did you see Gary Lineker's interview with Marco Silva? No. um, On Match of the Day? It was... He'd done the interview earlier. You know when Lineker oh, goes yeah. and stands by the screen yeah. and interviews the manager? He'd done <laughs> yeah. it earlier on. And it's just so obvious that Lineker isn't interviewing him when he's standing by the screen. He's, he's dug oh, the questions no. in later on. Someone, someone's, yeah. someone's asked Silver the questions at some point, but Lineker's, Lineker's interviewed him by proxy. The 
Do you remember that was done by a BBC documentary about the Queen where they edited it falsely? It's deceptive. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of in- public inquiries into the BBC and television trickery, right. and people lost and, and the well, controller lost their job over it. Why is Lineker st- and the controller Sir Tony Hall still in their jobs yeah. today? They're still at. If you get on the iPlayer and watch Match of the Day and watch that interview, there's no way that's a legitimate interview well, with, uh, with Lineker and Marco Silva. We the, we the license fee payer has been deceived. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, of the 70s where you'd get David Coleman interviewing a manager and you would have David Coleman being filmed on the telephone <laughs> and then you'd have the manager in his office also on the telephone. That's fucking amazing. I'm going to YouTube see, that. Have you, have you never no. seen one of those? There's a good one, Brian Clough, I think. And you just it keeps cutting between the interview and the interviewee and they're both on the phone. And I don't know whether it's done legitimately or what, but that it, it felt a bit like that watching Lineker talking to Marco Silva. So uh, yeah. down with that kind Mind of Mind you, thing. he's doing all right, Everton, um, isn't he, Marco Silva? I bet he can't believe it. How much did they play for well, Rick Charleston, a player who, despite the fact he'd already been playing in the Premier League for a couple of years, I'd never heard of? <laughs> was it about 50 million? 50 million quid, but he hadn't scored million, many it? goals for Watford and everyone thought he's paid way over the odds. Well, he's scored three well, goals in two games now. The, yeah, he'd had a really good first half of last season, then it all went tits up for him. Yeah, the so, thing was, he, had, he hadn't had a summer break because he'd been playing in Brazil the season before. So he just he just ran out of steam by Christmas. So what you saw in the first half of last season was him at his best. Yeah, and, and that's now, now what Everton's now getting, we're seeing so. it again. And and Marco Silva put his neck on the line to sign him. And I, for one, thought it would backfire. But so far, it's paying dividends, mate. This is it. Anything else you want to mention from the weekend's football before I go into some what I call off the pitch shit? Well, uh, let's see. No, I mean, what else? What other games did we watch? We've covered the most in- interesting ones, haven't we? I mean, there yeah, was full, some fucking Fulham boring and, ones like, oh yeah, Fulham Spurs, Fulham. My tips for the Dark Horses this season: them and Wolves. Your tip? Yeah, they neither, badly, they're both they? struggling, aren't they? That's quite worrying because normally they get that bounce of coming into the Premier League and mm. winning a couple of matches early doors, and then starting to struggle a bit. I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised yeah. about both teams, especially Wolves, because they didn't have particularly challenging opening games. They had no. what would they have? They had Everton. Well, they drew with Everton, didn't they at home? Oh yeah, they drew then, with Everton, but then they then lost, they lost the to weekend. Leicester. Leicester are doing all right. There, that's another team worth mentioning because even Car- though Carlos Piel, everyone thought, oh, he's dead man walking. He'll be out. But that yeah. was a good result for them, and he's rebuilt their uh, Premier League winning team. There's only he's got t- a very he's got a very romantic voice, Puel. <laughs> he he talks very so oh. high and soft, and uh, he's a little bit French, and he's he's quite erotic if you shut your eyes mm. and listen to him. Even your impression of like him this. is pretty erotic. So, so I, the real thing it. must be like nuclear yeah, powered. It, it really is. It really really is. Um, yeah, so Fulham and Wolves haven't started all that well. Um, there was a couple of red cards that people said were um, slightly controversial. Vardy got sent off and that, yeah. that lad at Newcastle, Isaac Hayden, got sent But when you saw the replay... Generally the speaking, mate, I'm not interested in um, refereeing decisions. Just... Okay. Do you, like, do you know what I mean? Like, people fucking go on about them so much. And I'm just like... <laughs> and they look at those replays again and again and again. And they go, was it a sending off? Was it a... I couldn't give a fuck. What's done's done. This is it. 
some off the pitch shit for us. Yeah. Um, Man- Manchester United have got a new global coffee partner they've announced this week. Who is it? They've also got, I don't know, oh. I didn't get that far into it. They've also got a new global betting mm. partner and a new global spirits partner, <laughs> which is Shivas Whiskey. Um, and the, the, the press release says that the deal involves two global names joining forces to celebrate their collective belief that blended is better in life, <laughs> football and scotch. Um, yeah, I <laughs> think that, that is... On the whole, well, I have very limited knowledge of Scotch, <laughs> but my understanding was that the single malt is the sophisticates' choice. And on the whole, blended whiskies are things like Teachers and Bells and the stuff that tramps drink. Yeah, and they're trying to turn that round by saying that it's actually blended's better, like it is in life, like multiculturalism. So they're trying yeah. to play the multiculturalism card to make us believe that their tramp whisky. Yeah. is better than the posh stuff. And they're trying to say that if we drink single malts, then we're actually yeah. racist. That's busy. that's what it is. It's just posh bells that they've, they've linked up with, isn't it? It's posh bells. It's mongrel whiskey. And, um, yeah, like you said. But actually, now I do sound like a racist. <laughs> <laughs> mongrel whiskey that you wouldn't even give to the dog. <laughs> Great ad line. Yeah. And um, <laughs> also, Spurs announced a new official timing partner which was watch firm IWC Schaffhausen. Oh, sounds good. And that, that, that was announced a couple of days after they've delayed the reopening of White Hart Lane. So, um, Hopefully one day go. they'll produce a league table of corporate partners. Yeah, we should work Let's on that. Because, see who's got the best ones. Because Man- Manchester United have got a global tractor partner as well. Have they? That they've had for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're big in agriculture. Mm. Speaking what, of they're which, popular that, with seg- the farm men, you mean? The farm, yeah, that segues as beautifully into this last little bit that I've got. Mm. In Turkey, Gulspor president has, uh, the, the club Gulspor, he sold 18 of their youth team players and he spent the money on 10 goats instead. Because they'd do about as good a job. Well, what he says was, he said, it makes sense. We will get a four to 5,000 lira profit from milk and, <laughs> and, and their breed. So at the end of six years, yeah. we'll have 140 goats. Doesn't work the same with players. I mean, they do breed. Fuck, fuck me. They, they don't breed, breed other players, do they? They don't always breed other players. Casper Schmeichel, he, he did it. Yeah. Brian Clough did it, yeah. but not many do. A handful of them have done it, but not many. Um, no, it's that's certainly not a business, a solid business model. And, and the Gulf to try and breed footballers. The Gulfport president added, "These goats are in the best interests of this club." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's a trite and unfunny joke, but genuinely, do you think that four goats would have done better than the human West Ham defenders did against Bournemouth? Or even Manchester, in that or even Manchester United's centre backs. I would say probably about the same, if not better. Jose Mourinho is in such dire straits now, he might as well just fucking sign some goats because apparently you can sign livestock outside, outside the of transfer the window. transfer yeah, window. If, if mm. they're out of contract. Obviously, the, yeah. the Gulfsport goats, you won't be able to bring them in because they're contracted to the club. They're contracted. I could get them on loan, I suppose, but not till January. There'll so, be um, a couple of goats that were let go at the end of last season who are just yeah. who've kept themselves fit. They're still doing their training. Yeah. They're just doing their training alone lo- in the park. A local club or something like that. And yeah. they're keeping their options open. And Mourinho, if he's got his scouts, his farm men working on it, <laughs> he'll find a couple of Portuguese farm goats that are out of contract they're pretty much match fit. He can get them in no trouble. Bring them straight in the team. I think there's a list on FIFA's website actually of all the out yeah. contract ones. 
Yeah, bung them straight on. They can't be any worse than those two he had playing on Sunday. Definitely. Right, let's wind it up. I think that's the that's this latest episode of Top Flight Time Machine. We're going to be back later in the week with another Premier League season. I can't mm. remember which one it is because we recorded it last It'll week. It'll be the early noughties, I would ago. imagine. And um, you can also listen to News Thing, which I think is quite good. It's yeah. our new, it's our news related podcast. It's which like is this, but news. similar bullshit, uh, but yep. it's supposed to be about the news. And I think it's quite good. I I listened back to it and thought, yeah, that's all right. So I can't, <laughs> can't give it a better endorsement than that. You can't ask for more than that, can you? No. All right. Well, we'll be back in a few days with more news thing and another top flight time machine. Keep on believing in us because we need it. Yeah, we do. Love you. Bye. Here we go. 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 This is it. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.